Recording in progress. Right. So good morning, everybody. We're gonna I'm gonna call the Board of Supervisors meeting to order for March the seventh. No, yeah, March the seventh, twenty twenty-three. Will the clerk please call the roll? Supervisor Halbert. Present. Supervisor Tam. Present. Supervisor Carson is excused. President Miley. Here. We have quorum. Okay, thank you. Let's have the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <clears throat> Board of Supervisors welcomes you to our meeting. The board allows in-person and remote observation and participation by members of the public at our meetings. The county recognizes the important and invaluable role of public participation in government. Be reminded that disruptive conduct that renders orderly conduct of the meeting unfeasible will not be tolerated. This includes disruptive conduct that may occur through public comment. The chair will order the removal of individuals who are woefully disrupting the meeting so that the meeting may continue in an orderly manner. For those attending the meeting in person, if you would like to speak to an item on the agenda or during public input, please submit a speaker card to the clerk so your name can be called to speak at the appropriate place on the agenda. The clerk will now provide brief instructions on how to verbally participate in public comment through online teleconferencing. Detailed instructions are provided in the teleconferencing guidelines. A link to the document is included in today's agenda. If you're joining the meeting using a computer, use the button at the bottom of your screen to raise your hand to request to speak. When called to speak, please unmute your microphone and state your name. If you are calling in, dial star nine to raise your hand to speak. When you are called to speak, the host will enable you to speak. If you decide not to speak, notify the clerk when your call is unmuted or you may simply hang up and dial back into the meeting. As a reminder, you may always just observe the meeting without participating by clicking on the View Now link on the county's webpage at acgov.org. When called, you will have two minutes to speak. Please limit your remarks to the time allocated. Public comment will generally alternate between in-person and online speakers as determined by the president of the board and subject to overall time limits. Thank you. Thank you. So we will now take public comment on items on the agenda except items listed at as 11 o'clock set matters. Um, and um, Super, Supervisor Miley? Yes. Um, in addition to the 11 o'clock set matters, we also will not be taking public comment on the informational items listed at 37.1, 37.2, and 37.3 until those items are called. Thank you. I was about ready to ask you that. Oh. So you read my mind. Telepathic. I, I like that. All right. And folks, notice we don't have our mask on because the public health emergency has uh, concluded. So 
uh, wearing mask is no longer uh, required. It's optional. Okay. So if the clerk, please let us know if we have any we have public comments. Speakers. Seneca, you are on the line. Yeah, <clears throat> did I hear correctly that we're not speaking on items 37.3 until time? Okay, yes, that'll be up a little bit later this afternoon, Seneca. Okay, I'll call back then. Thank you. Okay. Hello, Hunter, you're on the line. Hunter, you're still muted. Yes, I'll also have to come back because I was going to speak on item 37.3. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll be getting to 37.3. Um, I, I anticipate it'll be this afternoon. At the moment, I can't give you an approximate um, time of that, but maybe as we proceed through today, I'll be able to give you an approximate time when we'll start those informational items. Hi, Cecilia, you're on the line. Please state the item that you were speaking on. Yes, thank you. Chairman Miley, it's so good to see your face. I'm speaking on item number 32. But before I do so, I want to say my condolences to the family and friends of Richard Valle and their bereavement. I'm speaking on agenda item number 32, I want to warmly welcome Lena Tam to the Board of Supervisors Health Committee, where a set of fresh eyes will be very helpful. What is needed now is a thorough evaluation of the pandemic response and related policy decisions. We need to see where the law was violated and where people's rights were deprived, and specifically how that was enacted without a barrier of scrutiny in place. I think we can all see how fear was used to sideline people from being objective, and that's really a shame. But we cannot deny that the health measures implemented were destructive, and we need a thorough evaluation of how these measures impacted every demographic from babies to young children on up. And so I say this uh, particularly now that we know that many of the things that we were told and I mean particularly statements from the CDC that we now know are verifiably false. So again, I want to warmly welcome Lena Tam, and I yield the remainder of my time. Thank you. Hi, Catherine, you're on the line. Please state the item that you're speaking on. Catherine, you're still on mute. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great, thanks. Good morning, it's it's a nice change of pace to see you all um, without masks on. And I'm really looking forward to Miley's year, uh, Supervisor Miley's year in leadership. And um, my condolences as well to the family and friends of Richard Valle. I'm also commenting on item 32. Um, I'm really looking forward to having Ms. Tam on the health committee um, as someone who will respect the voice of the people. 
um, and bring in a new uh, treatment of those of us that attend these meetings and try to bring these things, these issues to your attention. We're not uh, here to harangue you. We're not here to upset you. We are here to let you know what is going on on the ground. Uh, we need solid leadership that understands where the proper order of authority lies. And contrary to co county council's false claims that the health officer role is not subordinate to the board, it absolutely is. It's an appointed position that sits under the people which sit uh, on top of our elected representatives. The health officer lacks any authority to issue any sort of orders that circumvent or attempt to restrict or violate the unalienable rights of the people for whom, whom you all serve. The term liberty, this is from my favorite, one of my favorite court cases. The term liberty denotes not merely freedom from bodily restraint, but also the right of the individual to contract, to engage in any of the common occupations of life, to acquire useful knowledge, to marry, to establish a home and bring up children to worship God according to the dictates of his own conscience. This established doctrine is that this liberty may not be interfered with under the guise of protecting public interest. Thank you. Hi, Reverend Tony Pierce, you're on the line. Please state the item that you're speaking on. Reverend Pierce, you're still muted. Hi, Kelly, you're on the line. Please state the item that you're speaking on. Hi, um, I'm speaking on the Niles Canyon item, which is um, item 28. Um, yeah, this... Uh, Contract period for preparing a uh, notice of an, uh, for preparing an environmental document for the Niles Canyon Trail. Uh, the original uh, contract period was from um, 20, uh, 2020 through 2022, and now it's going from uh, 2020 through uh, 2024. So the way I count that, that's uh, five years. Zero, one, two, three, four. That's five years uh, to prepare an, uh, an environmental document for this uh, trail. This trail is very important. It's a very, very good trail. And Supervisor Valle was one of the uh, strongest backers of the trail, along with Supervisor Halbert. Uh, one of the last things that Supervisor Valle did uh, in late January was issue uh, the date of the Niles, Can Niles uh, Canyon Trail uh, shut down La Ciclavia, La, the, uh, the stroll and roll. Uh, Famous event. It's uh, it touches three supervisorial districts, uh, one, four, and two. All three of them touch this road. Uh, it's uh, or touch the canyon. Let's uh, make it a little bit broad. Uh, so this is a, a very, uh, very wonderful project. Um, if you compare, how long does it take to do environmental impact reports? Well, take a look at the, the Valley Link. Valley Link in in the beginning of 2022 issued a notice of, in, of preparation notice of, of uh, for the for their environmental and they're scheduled to uh, finish it. Uh, last I heard was end of this year, so that's two years. 
to do a whole rail line, a massive multi-billion dollar project. So we need to really get this thing moving along. Thank you. Hi, Wendy, you're on the line. Please state the item that you're speaking on. Yes. Um, uh, hi, I'm speaking on item 32. And I just wanted to thank, you know, um, the, the, the panels, my county board of supervisors, because going forward, you know, the decision will be very, very difficult um, because trying to find special interest groups who want to concentrate and centralize power in all, all our uh, data, including our health, our election data. And I just want to know that um, we'll, we'll be there to back you up when, you know, uh, to know to do the right thing, to decentralize power. Because all the wicked and the corrupt people need to do is to corrupt one or a few people to take down this great nation. You know, the revolutionary war that, American forefathers fought was to decentralize and to decouple with a, a tyranny. But yet we are progressing into back into centralized control, authoritarianism. And we have seen that for the last three years. All we do is dictatorship, mandates, and edict. Okay. We don't have personal choice anymore. We don't have a, a voice what goes into our body. We don't have a choice anymore to put something over our face, even though and a voice or silence on the Internet. This we're going into the very dangerous path. We are progressing into tyranny. And, and I would like to let you know, um, Ohlone College, has, as, as of the end of December, uh, February, has not rescinded their COVID jab mandate. And I'm not allowing students with religious exemption to be on campus. And I really appreciate if my new health, the new health commissioners will take a look at that. And I really appreciate it. Going forward will be difficult, but where the people will be there to support you. Thank you so much. Hi, Jackie, you're on the line. Please state the item that you were speaking on. Hi, thank you. I'm it's Jackie Coda from Livermore, and I'm speaking on item number 32. Um, I want to uh, congratulate uh, Supervisor Tam for being uh, um, nominated to the Health Committee. However, we're a little concerned as the public because we see you sitting there with a mask on your face. And there have been several studies that have shown that masks are detrimental to people's health. And not only that, but there are there's lots of information about the bioweapon jabs that have been mandated by several organizations, companies, corporations, and government that are killing people. Cancer reoccurrences are up 10,000%. And not only that, but Alameda County, Ms. Tam, still has a mandate that you have the jab or you get tested, weekly testing, as a, as a criteria of employment. It's extremely discriminatory, and it's a violation of privacy. So being appointed to the health committee, we as the public are looking to you to restore liberty back into our community and our county rather than tyranny. COVID has never been, ever, ever, ever been a dangerous, uh, volatile uh, disease. It was a flu that turned into the pneumonia like normal years, but people died in hospital because they had 
more, more than four comorbidities, and they were subjected to the experimental drug of remdesivir and intubation where hospitals and Fauci's protocol killed them. So these are the facts, and we are hoping that Ms. Tam will be open to listening to the facts and not the politics. So please, Ms. Tam, we ask that you remove your mask and join the, the living of free breathing humans in this county and be a leader on the health committee and not bow to tyranny. Thank you. Reverend Pierce, you're on the line. Please state the item that you're speaking on. Yes, I'm speaking on item number five. Uh, this has to do with health, and it has to do with reparations for the ill health of people. And uh, as you know, there are several movements afront for reparations. There's been task force assembled, and I know you're assembling a task force to look into all the areas of reparations and especially for African-Americans. So I thank you and applaud you for that and look forward to that being on the agenda soon. Thank you. There are no other speakers. All right, thank, thank you. So uh, we're gonna keep moving along because we only have three of us to Today, Supervisor Carson isn't here, um, and I need to make sure we try to get through everything on our agenda. Uh, Supervisor Halbert has a one o'clock um, uh, time frame when he has to leave, so everything on our agenda, I'm going to try to get us through this before Supervisor Halbert has to leave. So what I'd like to do now is... Uh, let's see, we had our speakers. Do you have the consent calendar? So yeah, so it's yeah, so why don't we do the consent calendar? Do we have a motion on consent? Move uh, to approve today's consent calendar. Is there a second? I'll second the motion. Uh, Mr. President, I need to abstain from the approval of minutes for the December thirteenth meeting since I was not here. I wasn't in office. Okay. And then also, I just want to put on the record that I've reviewed the items uh, on today's agenda, and I have no uh, Levine Act uh, conflicts that I'm aware of that would require me to recuse myself on any of these agenda items. And I've also uh, looked at my uh, most recent campaign contributions, uh, so I don't see any re re reason for me to have to recuse myself on any item today on on the, today's agenda. So I just want to state that for, for the record. So is there help? Yeah, I have no um, issue with the consent calendar. I do have a point of clarity though, question with regard to, and I know it's um, Supervisor Tam's prerogative to recuse from the minutes. However, I think it's actually, it would be allowable if she's reviewed the minutes. Is that from a parliamentary procedure issue. I just want to clarify, if you weren't here for a meeting, but you're voting on minutes from a prior meeting, 
Is that even allowed? And if, if we don't know, that's okay. We'll just do the minutes later. Would that be the preference? Yeah, okay. that would be my preference, that we just take up the mini, uh, minutes at a later meeting. I also then have to recuse myself, would like to recuse myself from item 3 and 31. Can, can I, I mean, wait, ask till, a, wait till I get to those. Can, can I make a point of order? You have a motion on the table. Right. <laughs> and the motion on the table is with respect to your consent calendar. Right. Consent, consent calendar. Right. Yeah, okay. so if you could make your recusals um, so, okay. either as board remarks at the beginning of the meeting or as, as you know, we are ready to consider the items that are at issue. But you, you're in the middle of a motion, and I think to, yeah. for the clerk's purpose of taking minutes on these issues, um, you know, recusing yourself in the middle of a motion on other items is somewhat out of order. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you. So we have a motion on consent, uh, but not a, uh, the, um, well, the item, minutes. Mr. President, item 31 is on the consent calendar. So if there's a recusal, since you only have three members present, that matter will have to be continued. Can we do that separately? Who's recusing themselves? Oh. Supervisor okay. Howard indicated he was All right, so let's pull. on 31. If it's okay with the maker of the motion, we'll put item 31 out of the the motion for consent, is that, is that okay? Yes. The seconder, it's okay. okay. All right. So we have a motion on consent. Oh. Item 31 is pulled out of that motion, and the, and we're not uh, taking up the minutes today either. Okay. So can the uh, clerk call the roll? Supervisor Hubbard? Aye. Supervisor Tam? Yes. Supervisor Carson is excused. President Miley? Yes. So, uh, point of order, just to get clarity. So, since we're going to need three votes on item 31, we'll have to continue that, right? Correct. That was continued and not part of your approval of the consent calendar. Okay. We'll bring that back at your next meeting. Okay. So, item 31 is being continued. The minutes are being continued. Okay. So, I think at this point... Are there any other board comments? We should split the mass motion, just separating item three. Um, I guess and, that'll have uh, to be Supervisor Halbert, well. before you proceed, I just wanted to make announce a couple of things and before you go through the motion, just so it's clear. So we will be um, continuing item three. Um, also, uh, items 10 and 25 are being pulled at the request of the General Services uh, agency pending review by the Historical Commission. Uh, we will also need to continue items 7, 11, and 14 as they require a four-fifths vote. And item 15 has been withdrawn by the department. All right, so if we could have the mass motion on the items... Uh. Okay. I will be abstaining from items 16 and 17. They are second readings of an ordinance, and I was not here in the first part. So um, if you need three votes for that, we may have to continue those items. Th those are ordinances, and, and yes, they will need to be continued. All right, very good. Then I'd like to move items 2, 4, 5, 5.1, 6, 8. 12, 13, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 26, 27, 28, 30. Well, the consent calendar we already did. 38, 39, 
Sorry, those, those are not, aren't. Yeah, uh, that's the that would be the end. Yeah, uh, end Sorry. then at items. Uh, you, you would uh, end it at item twenty-eight would be the last regular item. Correct. So, can you read those One more again time? real slowly? Two. Okay. Move items two, four, five, five point one, six, eight, twelve, thirteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. So I, I fell behind. So you did I, item nineteen. And which, which uh, what came uh, after 19 and then 20. Okay. And then 21. And then 22. Okay. 23, 24. And then 26 and 27 and 28. 26, 27, 28. And none of these items are you're recusing yourself on? Correct. Okay. And then, um, and none of these items deal with you abstaining? Okay. Correct. All right. Okay, just so I'll second okay. that mass motion. Okay, so we had the mass motion before us, moved by Supervisor Halbert, second by Supervisor Tam. Um, I have um, a question on item 22, the language item. I'm just trying to find, understand the scope of the contract here. Will this, will this so just this be is, for departments to call and get information? Uh, how does this? How does this? So it's a, a long-standing um, contract that's used primarily by departments and most significantly by the social services agency. Um, their workers use that and call in to have uh, language uh, access and translation services. Um, we're extending the contract because we are not extending. We're, we're um, recommending that you enter into a new contract after an RFP process because those services are still needed. However, we are doing a review of translation services and looking at other options. Okay. We want to ensure there's continuity of services. We went through an extensive RFP process. We're recommending um, the new vendor, but at the same time, we're also looking at our translation services. Um, as you know, your board has been using them more for your regular meetings, and we also want to take advantage of the pool of county employees that are designated bilinguals. Okay, that's that answers my question because I wasn't sure if the scope of this particular contract included everything we're looking for for language access. Okay, but that's coming down further. Okay. Okay. Let's see if any other. And then I just want to uh, comment on on item 28, the Niles Canyon item. I just want to mention that, yeah, I think that, you know, the stroll and roll is something that Supervisor Valle felt really strongly about. Maybe that might be something we commemorate him uh, with um, as we proceed ahead in terms of trying to figure out how we might want to honor his uh, legacy here at the uh, county. Uh, but the other thing is, just want to mention that, you know, uh, that was my opportunity to meet Kelly um, out on the stroll and roll when I was walking it, um, I think two years ago, I met Kelly out there walking the stroll and roll um, in Niles Canyon. So it, it is a fantastic and great event uh, that's put on. 
And so getting the trail uh, completed, I think would be a, um, a fitting legacy for Supervisor Valle. And I think, I don't think I have any other comments. Any, any other board member have comments or questions on any item? All right. So if the clerk can call the roll. Supervisor Halbert. Aye. Supervisor Tam. Aye. President Carson's excused. President Miley. Yes. All right. So the items that Supervisor Halbert has to recuse himself on, we can't even vote on those because we would need three votes. We right? only have two members present today. So those items are being continued. And what are those items? So that would be item three on the regular calendar. Just item three? That's my understanding. Supervisor Halbert, is that correct? 31. Well, 31, which we pulled okay. out of the consent. And, and that was, that's continued? Okay. All right. So if we could have uh, the motion on the next uh, items, I think we're dealing with the ordinances. Uh, correct. Um, the first ordinance is item nine. It's a second reading of an ordinance from the General Services Agency related to a change in the administrative code. The title of the ordinance is an ordinance amending sections 2.48.020 and 2.98.030 of the County of Alameda Administrative Code to appoint the Director of the General Services Agency as a purchasing agent for the County of Alameda. Move to waive the second reading and adopt the ordinance amending sections of County of Alameda Administrative Code. I'll second, even though this is the second reading, I did research this part. All right. It's been moved and seconded. Can the clerk call the roll, please? Supervisor Halbert? Aye. Supervisor Tam? Aye. President Carson's excused. President Miley? Yes. President Miley, your next two ordinances, item 16 and 17, will be continued due to Supervisor uh, Tam's indication that she would abstain. So the uh, next ordinance is item 18, which is a first reading of a salary ordinance amendment uh, affecting classifications in the healthcare services agency. The title of the ordinance is an ordinance amending certain provisions of the 2022-2023 County of Alameda Salary Ordinance. Move to waive the first read and introduce the salary ordinance amendments. A second. It's been moved and seconded by Supervisor Halbert and seconded by Supervisor Tam. If there's no board comments, or can the clerk call the roll? Supervisor Halbert? Aye. Supervisor Tam? Aye. Supervisor Carson is excused. President Miley? Aye. So that concludes your regular items, uh, and your next item would be an 11 o'clock step, madam. Okay. So I, I don't want to have us, uh, if we recess into closed session now, we'd have to come back for the 11 o'clock set matter. Um, why don't we go ahead and, and recess, I guess, because the only thing left would be the informational items. Okay, and, and we can take those up after the said matter. So for the public, uh, we're going to recess into closed session, and then when we come back, we'll take up the said matter at 11 o'clock. And 
uh, we'll take up as there many are three of the informational, items. informational items that we can. All right. Recording. Recording in progress. All right, the Board of Supervisors, we're back from closed session. I apologize for our tardiness in terms of getting to the set matter. Uh, can we take the roll? Supervisor Hobart. Present. Supervisor Tan. I'm going to circle back. Oh, Supervisor Tan. We're taking the roll. Present. Thank you. Supervisor Carson is excused. President Miley. Uh, here. Okay. And uh, if time permits, we'll go back in the closed session. So is there anything to report out at this time, County Council? In closed session, your board took the following actions. In the matter of Antonio Laura Jr. et al. versus County of Alameda, United States District Court, Northern District of California, case number 3-23-CV-00792-LB, your board authorized um, the county to file an appeal uh, in the matter and to, um, as, as necessary, and to retain appellate counsel to represent the county in connection um, with um, the post-trial proceedings and the appeal. Okay. Oh, with respect to... Antonio, uh, I'm sorry, I missed, the first report I gave was in connection with the case of Lagerville at all, the county of Alameda. So just what I just read was in connection with the case of Lagerville at all, the county of Alameda. Um, United States District Court, Northern District of California, case number 3, colon, 20-CV, dash zero four six seven nine dash w h a that is the case where the board authorized the filing of an appeal as necessary as determined necessary and to retain appellate counsel to represent the county in connection with um, the appeal and to po um, post trial matters in the case of antonio laura jr at all first county of alameda united states district court um, for the Northern District of California, case number 3-23-CV-00792-LB, um, the, the board authorized county counsel um, to retain appellate counsel to rep I'm sorry, not appellate counsel, outside counsel to represent the county and for the county counsel to execute the retention agreement when that um, counsel is identified. Um, on both of those matters, the board authorized the county council to execute a retention agreement, and the vote on each of those matters was 3-0 with Supervisor Carson excused and the other three supervisors voting in favor. All right, thank you. Mr. President, uh, before you proceed, I just want to make a correction. Item 13 that was included in your motion does require a four-fifths vote, so that matter will have to be continued to a future meeting, and that's a recommendation from the General Services Agency. Okay, thank you. All right, so we're going to go to the said matter, and as I said, I apologize for our tardiness in coming back, trying to get us um, to adhere to our set matter times, but um, we've got... 
so much coming at us that I wasn't able to do it today, so I apologize to the public for that. And our, our, our set matter, I've asked Supervisor Lena Tam if she could present it. Uh, um, in fact, you know, I, I, I've, I'm, I've, I've had a mother who's passed away. I have a significant other who I'm very pleased to be with. I have a, a, a daughter, and I have a, a granddaughter. But I feel much more comfortable having Supervisor Tam present this for a Women's Month. Thank you, Mr. President. It's my honor to present this proclamation for Women's History Month and International Women's Day. Whereas March is Women's History Month and reminds us that women of every race and class have made contributions to our growth and strength as a nation. Women have been instrumental in the establishment of charitable, philanthropic, and cultural institutions and have a critical role in the economic, cultural, and societal spheres of life, constituting a significant portion of the labor force working in and outside of the home. Over the course of the pandemic, women have been set back by more than three decades to levels of labor force participation last seen in 1988, and those who have lost their jobs or left the labor force are missing out on future retirement and Social Security benefit income, as well as current wage and savings. And in 2023, women are still deeply vulnerable to injustices in the workplace, in their communities, and in their homes, as many women still struggle to earn equal pay, have an equal voice, and live free of abuse and sexual harassment. And women in the United States are re-energized by a new wave of feminism that is represented in the current national women's movement that started with the Women's March on Washington on January 21st, 2017, and continued with the courageous and outpouring of voices in the hashtag MeToo movement and the Time's Up movement. The Women's Economic Empowerment Global Summit held every two years is a global call to businesses to advance gender equality and close the economic gender gap for women and girls. And based upon recent state efforts on the ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment, the U.S. House passed House Joint Resolution 79 on February 13, 2020, eliminating the deadline originally assigned to the proposed amendments in March of 1972. And in 2021 marks the appointment of the first female first black and first Asian American vice president in American history, and whereas Judge Katanji Brown Jackson was confirmed as the first black woman U.S. Supreme Court justice in 2022, and the theme of the 2023 International Women's Day is hashtag Embrace Equity, which celebrates the tremendous efforts by women and girls around the world in shaping a more equitable future free of bias, stereotype, and discrimination. And whereas the Women's County, excuse me, Alameda County's Women's Hall of Fame supports women, youth, and families through the support of the Mary V. King Leading the Way Youth Scholarship Fund and community-based organizations, and whereas the Alameda County Board of Supervisors and the Commission on the Status of Women sponsor and celebrate the 30th Annual Women's Hall of Fame Awards Luncheon to honor women, their work, and contributions to Alameda County at, and its residents in the year 2023. And now, therefore, this Board of Supervisors in the County of Alameda 
proclaimed the month of March 2023 as Women's History Month and March 8, 2023 to be designated as International Women's Day and encourage all citizens to celebrate the achievements of women throughout history. And it is our honor to have um, the chair of the Commission on the Status Women for Alameda County, Nina Sign, to accept this proclamation. Do we have the proclamation? She requests that the county administrator, right. our county council, the our sheriff. newly elected sheriff, uh, be part of the photo along with the president of the board. I get. <laughs> And so, right, so we get to join all these illustrious females, okay. Good afternoon uh, to the supervisors, um, President Miley, and to uh, amazing county staff and the public. Uh, my name is Nina Sen, and I serve as chair on the Commission on the Status of Women for Alameda County. And I accept this on behalf of the commission. Um, nobody can do it alone, and there's a lot to do. So I uh, really look forward to the continued work closely with the county, in particular around um, our efforts to have the Convention on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women um, passed as an ordinance, so we'll be bringing that forward to the supervisors this year, uh, and, um, and also being of service to the county in general. Um, and uh, so we will be following up with you and your individual offices to speak more about how we can work more closely together and really make an impact, um, because as we all know, the, um, the impact of COVID has been significant on our most vulnerable, uh, particularly women and girls of color, and we need to do whatever we can to reverse that. And um, the allyship of, of, you know, regardless of gender, we need everyone to pull together on this. So I really appreciate your leadership and your support. Thank you. Mr. President, members of the board, I want to thank the commission and also just um, let you know that after a three-year pause, we will be hosting our Women's Hall of Fame event uh, March 25th 
and just announced uh, 13 uh, inductees who were selected from a pool of 80. So that information is now available, and we uh, hope and encourage everyone to attend our event. That's March 25th, you said? Correct. Saturday, March 25th. Okay. And then uh, Ina mentioned the ordinance. I know uh, that's something that had been, been discussed last year. Uh, I think social services, were you looking into that, Andrea? Do you have anything to say about that at this time? No? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank, thank you for um, speaking today, and I'm glad we could acknowledge well, Women's History Month for sure. So we look forward to continuing to work with the Women's Hall of Fame and the status of women. So thank you. All right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go to our informational items. These are items that uh, we take up if time permits. Uh, Supervisor Halbert has, has to leave at 1 o'clock, so we're going to uh, take up at least one of these items for sure. And I'm going to take them out of order because I think uh, the one item that I've, we might have more public input on is item 37.3. So I'm going to ask the register of voters to come and provide that update on the um, Ranked choice voting and the other. Good afternoon, uh, President Miley and board members. I'm Tim Dupuy. I'm the registrar of voters for Alameda County. Uh, I've been asked to give uh, an update on where we are on the direction given by the board uh, concerning uh, the recount of uh, four of the races here in the last election, the November 2022 election, and uh, further steps that were requested as part of that, that board letter. I have a presentation up to go over uh, where we are in terms of the status. Could you hit present? There we go. So I've summarized from your board letter uh, the recommendations, and I, I thought I'd start by going through each one to let you know where we are, and then I have some follow-up slides to give you some more details. Uh, the first item that was directed uh, was for the ROV to retain a qualified individual with experience in ranked choice voting to assist with or to run uh, the recount of the four elections that were being questioned. The, uh, Oakland Mayor's Race, the Oakland Unified School Board District 4 race, uh, the uh, San Leandro uh, Mayor Race, and the San Leandro, uh, um, San Leandro District 5 race. Um, and uh, so I've reached out uh, based upon the qualifications that were being looked at in the, the board letter to two individuals. It was the... Uh, the director of elections for San Francisco and our previous registrar of voters for Alameda County. Uh, neither one of them are available uh, for uh, this directive, and I, I'm not aware of anybody else who has the qualifications to independently uh, run a ranked choice voting hand count uh, for these, these races. So I haven't been able to uh, find somebody for uh, recommendation number one. Uh, the second uh, item called out was the cost to be charged to ROV, not to be billed to any jurisdiction. Uh, we uh, received 
an election contest for the uh, Oakland School Director District 4 race, which was one of the four races uh, that we were looking at. And uh, uh, we went through uh, the legal actions required, working with county council. Uh, that uh, went to court, and uh, we did go through a hand evaluation of uh, 235 ballots that were in question because they were the suspended ballots uh, that came into play uh, in the uh, wrong setting for the ranked choice voting algorithm. Uh, yesterday afternoon, the judge issued his final uh, ruling, and I believe today we're expecting to receive the signed judgment. Yes, the judge indicated at the conclusion of the hearing yesterday that um, he made one minor um, amendment to the proposed judgment, but that he expected to be issuing it yesterday. We sought to obtain a copy yesterday, and the, the, um, courts, the courtroom was closed, but we Based on his comments during the hearing, we anticipate and expect that a copy of the order will be available sometime today. Um, but um, assuming that that happens, that that matter is with respect to the order in that case, that resolves um, the outcome. The order includes a statement, uh, it includes allowing the ROV to um, basically rerun the tabulation in that vote not perform a manual recount, but to rerun the tabulation and issue a correct certification of the outcome with the correct um, ballot distribution numbers in that matter. And so that will put to, cl to a close um, the issue of recounting that election. The court declined to consider a more broad recount within the, um, within the scope of that proceeding. And uh, the final determination will issue, so there will be, and it will be a court-ordered result, so there will be no basis to recount the outcome in that particular race. Right. So uh, the uh, board letter uh, states that we uh, will do, conduct the recounts uh, for the four races within the legal boundaries that were allowed to uh, to perform the recount, the manual recount, as. As council has said, uh, we, we, we sought to include all four of these, um, these races in that decision by the judge, but the judge limited the decision to just the District 4 race in the Oakland School District. So that brings to, uh, to close that, um, that avenue for bringing in the other three races. Uh, I'm working with uh, council to explore other options for uh, reviewing the other three races. Uh, but uh, as we were uh, looking at the one race uh, and had only the one option at the time, uh, we now have to look at other options for including a review of the uh, three remaining races. The cost for the, uh, the Oakland School District for uh, work that we did is not being charged to the to Oakland or the school district, uh, ROV is absorbing the cost of labor uh, to perform all that work. Uh, to go down to number three in the board letter, uh, witnesses to the court order were outlined, and uh, those witnesses uh, were, uh, we reached out to all of the, the witnesses that the uh, board asked us to, 
the, the board, uh, the, the reviewers that were present for the, the inspection of the physical ballots for the District 4 race included the grand jury, the League of Women Voters, members of the public, members of the NAACP, uh, candidates who uh, were impacted by that race. Uh, we also had members of uh, the Election Integrity Group who were observing as well. So uh, I believe that for that, this race, uh, we fulfilled uh, your third requirement. Uh, again, and fourth, representatives to, from the interested parties may observe and exercise their right uh, as prescribed by law. Um, so uh, then we moved on to uh, we, what we've talked about already, the court orders. Uh, we're down to the last three races that you've outlined in your board letter directing us to, to look at these races. And then your uh, last uh, recommendation for us to look at was uh, the creation of a committee, an oversight committee. And I'm, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit more detail through a few slides. But the committee that we're uh, planning to constitute is called the Voter Education and Outreach Advisory Committee. Uh, this committee was established in 2022, but we will expand its uh, requirements and its duties. Uh, beyond what's mandated, that, that which caused us to create it in 2022, which I'll I'll go into more detail on. Could you advance to the? Oops, that was. Did you go back? There we go. Uh, before I go into that, I do want to call out uh, where we are on the election schedule for the 2024 uh, election. As you are all well aware, uh, the uh, state. Uh, has pushed up the primary for uh, for 2024, and our primary will now be held on March 5th, 2024. Uh, that really pushes our timeline to uh, prepare for it to current day. Uh, we're less than a year away now from running the election for 2024, and the prep work that's required to prepare our equipment to, to put to close the 2022 election and prepare equipment for the 2024 election is upon us. Uh, this is an outline of the statutory uh, dates that we need to meet. Uh, what will impact those candidates that are going to be on the ballot is the SIG and Lou period, which starts September 14th. Uh, and in order for us to prepare for, even for that, our candidate services team needs to do some advanced work to be ready to intake candidates. So. Uh, our equipment uh, prep should be happening now. We're actually two months behind, and um, and our work to prepare for uh, intaking candidates will begin uh, this summer. So uh, we have a very tight timeline uh, for the schedule for 2024, and um, I am working with staff to figure out how we can uh, perform this work while we're also performing the recount work that's been directed by your board. I do want to uh, review with the board existing advisory groups, uh, starting with our Language Accessibility Advisory Committee, which has been in place since uh, 2012. This is a group that meets quarterly. Uh, its uh, next meeting will be in April. Uh, its focus is primarily around language accessibility and our language challenges with our multi-language ballots. Um, 
So this is one committee that is already in place. Next slide. Then we have the uh, Voting Accessibility Advisory Committee. This is a committee that's been in place since 2001. Uh, it focuses on our voters with uh, disabilities and their accessibility needs. Again, it meets quarterly, and uh, it, its last meeting was on January 31st this year, and we're scheduling the next meeting. Next slide. And finally, the committee that I believe uh, will meet the, the board's uh, directive is a committee that was required as part of becoming a Voters' Choice Act County uh, to comply with the Secretary of State's requirements to convert to being a, a VCA County, a Voters' Choice Act County. Uh, we were required to put together a, a coalition uh, called the Voter Education and Outreach Coalition uh, which had various uh, uh, advocacy groups participate, such as the ACLU and the Asian Americans Advancing Justice. The political parties were uh, part of uh, this group, uh, League of Women's Voters, and various members of the public. Um, all participated in a public vetting to create our VCA election administration plan. Uh, this was a very good group, and we believe that we can, uh, we can parlay this into the committee that the board has asked for. As part of our uh, Voters' Choice Act requirements, we are required to update the election administration plan uh, in 2024, and there's a particular timetable. We expect to bring the, team, the, the committee together uh, sometime around April to start the vetting process for the election administration plan. Uh, there is nothing to say that we cannot expand the topics uh, for this group beyond just the election administration plan. I believe we have a forum here and we can look at the outreach efforts to make sure that we've uh, captured all of the board's intention in terms of uh, community groups that are involved. And I, I believe this can become the uh, committee that you've asked for. So we've branded it as, uh, we've changed the, the name from Voter Education and Outreach Coalition. And you see the branding here, it's the Voter Education and Outreach Advisory Committee. The reason that I would like to parlay this in particular is because statutorily we're required to have a group to address the election administration plan uh, and I, I'm concerned about having competing committees uh, uh, with addressing the same topics. It seems that this is, is the group that would meet the board's uh, requirements. Uh, and it just, we'll just take a look at its agenda and its, its expectations and make sure that it hits all of the topics the board was looking to, to address through this, the community committee. That's my brief update uh, for where we are. And All right, thank you, um, uh, Mr. Dupuis, for this uh, update, this information. I know I have a, a number of uh, questions, but before I start, let me see if any of my colleagues have any questions or comments. Uh, Supervisor Halbert. <clears throat> I think more comment uh, than anything to start with, which is this timeline seems very compressed and tight. Absolutely. Um, 
I also note that um, as was mentioned, I believe we've received uh, finality in the Oakland School Board. Mm -hmm. Yes. If I recall correctly, the um, court ordered recount of manually inspecting a certain number of ballots was done and found to be um, identical to the retabulated computer count. Is that That's correct. correct. Mm -hmm. And um, if I were to ask what, whether you were comfortable that the computer recount, retabulation of the other elections were also accurate, would you believe that they say that they were? I would believe they are as well. Okay. Um, I guess the only other comment I would make then is it seems to me that the efficacy of the computer retabulation seems not only to be accurate, but also it's been deemed enough for a judge to rule in. And um, so we have that as evidence. Um, as I understand, we don't compel you to do one thing or the other. In this case, we leave that up to you. At least that's my opinion. And, um, and I would stand by that. Um, the transparency of our elections are of utmost importance. If we didn't have a judge say that the recount that we've done was acceptable. I might think otherwise, but it seems to me that that's pretty strong evidence. But I leave it up to you to decide what you, as registrar voters, would decide to do. Um, and I also think it's important, you have a mandate to get on with the 24 election. That's something that you need to do as part of your job and part of your public service. That's a that's a pretty important thing to do. You can't afford to mess up that in any way. That affects everybody that's in that election. That is correct. Okay. Thank you. That's it. Supervisor Tam. Thank you, President Miley. Um, I, I appreciate the update on what happened. The Oakland uh, Unified School District Board Race, and I understand that was something that uh, County Council told us was on the rocket docket or it had to uh, move fairly rapidly. But I, I have still been getting a number of questions about um, the Oakland mayoral race and, and um, I, I understand your, your situation in terms of uh, a court directive of, of where um, the re recount uh, request is coming from. The question that they uh, have um, asked on several occasions is the the issue of the overvote in the um, Oakland mayoral race and the provision in the <clears throat> Oakland city charter when the voters in Oakland approved the ranked choice voting um, uh, charter, men, uh, charter section that calls for um, the that the ballot images should be uh, published online and be publicly available. Can you help me respond to those questions? 
Sure. So th let's start with the, the overvotes. So um, what has been asked is, uh, can we explain uh, the overvotes? And has a, essentially, did our procedure take a look at uh, the possibility that stray marks uh, could have been could have caused the overvotes. Um, there's some concern that the uh, number of overvotes may be larger than normal. So there's a, a few things. That to, first, I will describe what an overvote is. An overvote is when a voter votes for more than one candidate in one of their ranked choices. Uh, and if we hit uh, that rank as the, the rank that we should be processing for that voter and we see more than one vote in that, that column, or that, that choice, uh, then the, the ballot is deemed as an overvote and is no longer counted. Our systems uh, are, are a combination of computer and uh, human interaction to make a determination on an overvote. Uh, if the, uh, the second votes or the two votes fall within the computer tolerance to say that it is absolutely within the bubbles, the bubbles were bubbled in properly, then the computer will determine that the overvote was correct. If it feels that there's a potential stray vote, it goes over to humans for the humans to take a look at it. And it's a, it's a human, uh, a pair of humans adjudicates that and makes sure that they understand what the voter's intent was and to make sure that a stray mark is not being interpreted as an overvote. So they have been vetted. Something else that we have noticed, which was unusual, but it does happen, Voters do many different things when they start marking ballots. And we saw a large number of voters who voted correctly for, say, the first two or three races. And then uh, they apparently didn't uh, have a choice going down ballot. And they started making patterns with the bubbles on their ballot. Um, uh, we, we see many different interesting things that voters will do with their ballots. But we did see a large number of people it appears that they were uh, uh, making patterns with the way that the bubbles after their first few choices were made. So we have looked at some of these concerns about the overvotes, and we, we are able to explain them. In terms of, I'm sorry, what was the other question? The other question was the ballot images. And um, as we're reviewing uh, the, the charter, and we're going to continue to view, re review all of the statutory requirements for ranked choice voting, as we've learned from this last election, we need to sit down with all four cities and make sure that we're implementing exactly to their charters or their statutory requirements for ranked choice voting. Um, and you, what's being called out is ballot images. Uh, it's something that we will probably have to work with county council because what appear, it appears that there may be a conflict between the state's uh, direction versus what the voters choice locally is, and we're going to have to see what it is that we can do in terms of uh, putting ballot images online if that's the direction we're going to go. That's going to require some further research to see if that's something legally uh, we feel comfortable we can defend and do. Aside from the legal um, ramifications, what's involved in um, publicly or publishing the ballot images online? Yeah, and I, I want to state that a lot of this uh, has been in place for a while, as you, you and I have talked about. And, um, the, uh, the equipment that we used to have did not make a scanned image of the ballot. So 
when that was in the, the statute, it wasn't, the equipment wasn't capable of doing it. So in the past, when we ran uh, ranked choice voting, uh, we, we didn't comply with that because there was a clause, I believe, or we, it was an understanding that we could only go as far as the equipment was capable. Uh, we only changed over to this new equipment in 2019. So we've had the ability, the system does make a scanned image of the ballot, and so now we do have uh, physical, I mean, we have uh, digital files of the scanned images of the ballots. So we're, really what's in question is, uh, can we put those images online for the public to view them? Uh, and as I said, we're, we're going to have to look at it with council to see, you know, is there a conflict between state law and, and the local law? And then see where we want to, to stand on that going into the next election. I appreciate that, but I um, obviously would encourage you to err on the side of transparency and making sure that the public um, has the kind of confidence that they need in our election process. Thank you. All right, thank you. Um, so I have a, few, a number of questions. Uh, some you, you might answer and county council might chime in as well. So first of all, in terms of a recount, at the moment in the other three uh, races uh, that other than the school board, open school board, um, right now you don't have the legal authority to move ahead with a recount. That's correct. Okay. So I'll make sure that's understood on the record so people know that we're still exploring whether or not we can have the legal authority to move ahead with a recount. Despite the fact the board has uh, authorized a recount and is going to pay for a recount, we still need to have legal authority to do a recount. That's correct. Okay. Number two, um, in terms of your priority, is your priority now preparing for March primary election, or is your pri priority uh, pre uh, following up on the uh, recommendations that came out of the uh, board relative to the prior election? Right. Uh, we are going to have to start prioritizing the 2024 election. That timeline is getting impacted now. Okay. I want to make sure the public knows that as well. Um, then, in a, the board has not directed you uh, or staff to come back with um, the authority for a, an automatic recount in elections that, um, let's say, have a, a certain threshold. Um, so, I don't know, can we direct that that be part of the registrar of voters' responsibility and report back to the board on that because I know we've been approached around trying to come up with, I don't know if it'll be an ordinance or just what would be the mechanism so that in certain um, elections, particularly ranked choice voting elections, if the threshold of victory is so close, whatever that might be, uh, there'd be an automatic recount paid for at public expense. Your board could direct him to bring something back to your board for your board's approval okay. uh, to accomplish that. Okay. And we can do that today? You could direct him to bring something back for approval at a later date. Right. Okay. Right. Give that direction. To okay. Um, so unless my colleagues are opposed to that, I'd like to put on your list of things to do mm -hmm. to bring back to us the mechanism uh, relative to having an automatic retown when the threshold is um, reached in certain elections 
uh, and, and that would be paid for at public expense uh, in ranked choice voting uh, jurisdictions. And furthermore, I'd like uh, ultimately, when that comes back to us, to have you explore um, the process for implementing that and the process for uh, cost recovery in, in that as well. And when I speak of cost recovery, I think if we have to have an automatic recount in ranked choice voting elections, which are not required, a ranked choice voting election is not required, but in the enlightened enlightenment of certain cities and voters, they've decided to go to ranked choice voting election, uh, that that cost for an automatic recount, some of that be absorbed uh, by those jurisdictions. I know we'd have to negotiate that, but that would be also part of the the, um, the path I'd like you to pursue in terms of bringing something back to us in the future. Is, can, do you kind of understand what I'm Absolutely. saying Absolutely. I understand exactly what you're looking for. Okay, mm -hmm. thank you. Then um, going on to the, the advisory committee, the, what you're calling the Education and Outreach Advisory Committee, um, I, I, I would like, and once again, I'd like to see if my colleagues are supportive of this, I'd like for this to be a commission as opposed to a committee that the board would appoint. It gives okay. it more stature. Uh, we would make the appointments. Uh, it's not a committee that you put together. It's a commission that we have mandated that works with you relative to education and outreach, and the scope would be expanded beyond just what you have here, because I do think there are other things. We, For instance, we need to ensure, and that was the controversy in this last election with ranked choice voting, you talked with the, the clerks, but nobody else knew that there were going to be five selections. Right. I mean, I could, I've told people, I didn't know that, and, and it would have been nice just minimally to have had that education. So I want to make sure that we put together a commission that works with you to ensure relative to ranked choice voting or anything else that the necessary outreach and, outreach and education is occurring for those uh, particular elections. Uh, there might be other things we want to make sure that's being covered through this too, but I think it needs to be more than a committee. It needs to be a board-appointed commission made up of maybe uh, maybe each of us appoint three people or two people or something, but I, I think that's what we ought to, we ought to do. And, I'd like to, you know, if you have any objections to that, let me know. But clearly, if my colleagues support it, I'd like to have, uh, give the authority that we look at that as well. So uh, I believe that we have seen other counties that have constituted a commission of some kind. Uh, so um, I can work with council and, and county administrator. I can take a look at what the uh, other uh, counties have done, and I can come back with to you with some sort of a straw man around what that might look like if that's yeah. appropriate because I, I think a commission is going to be much more accountable to the public and and the commission is responsive to the board it's a board appointed commission as opposed as opposed to a committee that you convene because i think the other committees you have language and the, uh, the disability i think those committees are working well uh, you know since i've been on the board i haven't heard any real complaints there since they've been in place but this this new piece around transparency around the elections outreach this that and the other uh rank choice voting etc um i think it's just something that requires a higher level of authority and scrutiny and the commission i think would be most appropriate so unless my colleagues are opposed to that uh, i'd like for you to look in look at that and bring that back to us too okay um and I believe those are 
all the questions I had or comments I had. Before I go, go, go to the public, Supervisor Ham or Albert, anything else at the moment? Okay, so let's have a public comment on, on, on this matter. Seneca, you're on the line. We're on item 37.3. Hi, yes, thank you. Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, um, I'm very pleased at what I just heard that we're, we're going to be taking seriously in the days to come an automatic recount for ranked choice voting. Um, but it doesn't answer my burning question today, which is, what's up with that recount? It's been nearly two months now since the recommendation was made to Tim Dupuy to hold a manual recount. During the time that decision was made, there was a back and forth with the county uh, council about what steps would immediately be taken should you run into any problems with getting that manual recount. And then all of a sudden, new goalposts began to spring up with whether or not the school board decision will have an impact on whether we should have a recount or not. Not what to do if that recount actually said that an election needed to be changed, which was the central question of that case. So here's my question. Are we serious about having a manual recount of Oakland's mayoral election in which the victor was chosen by five times as few uh, votes as the margin of, of error and disqualified votes? It's my firm belief that the registrar chose the winner by disqualifying 3,093 voters versus the 680 so people that Mayor Tyler supposedly won by. We deserve to know who really won this election. And it's absolutely a betrayal of democracy for one individual to arbitrarily disqualify votes with no public disclosure and, and no methodology of whether the voters' intent was clear. I'll add that those votes that were disqualified largely in center in communities of color, which add a very alignment equity issue that I don't see too many people concerned about. So I ask again, is this a serious effort? Uh, and if so, I would like to see a, an actual date for a recount schedule, especially considering it was done within three days um, in December when we asked for one. Thank you. Hunter Cobb, you're on the line. We're on item 37.3. Uh, yes, uh, thank you. I'm Hunter Cobb of Alameda. Um, and uh, first of all, let me just mention um, uh, in discussing the uh, the court proceeding of yesterday, I just want to make a mention that um, that, as far as I know, that proceeding was fair, fairly quick and did not look at and certainly extensively at the ballot evidence. And um, so I, I want to make the point, um, Mr. Dupuy's explanation for the ranked choice voting tabulation problem uh, that quote the setting on the county's equipment was incorrectly configured and used the suspend mode as the first choice blank, unquote, is not credible. Note that in the 1% manual tally, it included three ballots 
of the of the 235 ballots that were at issue. Those three ballots, when counted by hand during the 1% manual tally, did not detect any discrepancies with the, with the Oakland Unified School District, District 4 race or any other ranked choice voting race. Uh, you can see the uh, manual tally report at, on the California Secretary of State website. Um, Mr. Dupuy knew or should have known that there was a problem with the ranked choice voting tabulation during the 1% manual tally. So I'm saying this needs to be looked into. This is a big problem. Joe Pechenik, you're on the line. One item 37.3. Yes, thank you very much. I'm Gerald Pechenuk from Oakland, and I've spoken on the fact that Mr. Dupuis still has not admitted what caused the problem. He just said the setting is wrong. Well, who said it wrong? He hasn't said. Is this a state secret? Is this like total censorship? I mean, do we have to get Elon Musk in here to, to find out what, who cause the problem. You're not going to solve the problem until we get some truth, T-R-U-T-H, on what caused the problem. Otherwise, like with these, we finally, we saw the ballots. We saw the 235 ballots, and they didn't match up to what was said. So we got either someone perjuring themselves or suborning perjury because they're lying to you, those ballots, and this judge did not look at the ballots. We looked at the ballots, and three of them are wrong, W-R-O-N-G. So don't sweep this stuff under the table and say, oh, we got to get on with the 2024 election because the 2022 election ain't kosher. It's not kosher, okay? And I'll say one other thing. The Oakland school charter says people in Oakland must be able to vote for every candidate. There's 10 candidates. They should be able to vote for 10 people. There were five, five bubbles. That is a violation. That is bullshit that this is getting swept under the rug and it's not going to be tolerated because you can't just go around violating the law and then say, oh, everything's okay. Let's go on to the next election. Thank you. Hi, Jackie, you're on the line. We're on item 37.3. Thank you, Jackie Coda Livermore. Um, uh, appreciate uh, what um, has been said so far. Uh, this is why, like we had mentioned, that it doesn't need to be an education committee. It needs to be an oversight committee because of not only these, these things that we're experiencing and what we're talking about right now, but also the egregious violations of election code with regard to observers. We were never able to see the processes of mail-in ballots. We've told you this over and over. As well as the fact as we witnessed three errors in that ballot review, and we have told you guys 
So the CVR does not match what the ballot says. And so either Mr. Dupuis knew, knew or should have known that there was a problem with the right choice voting tabulation during the 1% manual tally. Um, and But Mr. Dupuis hid the 1% manual tally from the election observers. Remember, we showed you the tables that were hidden. And then Mr. Dupuis' big failure with those three ballots was in uh, election code 15360, the official conducting the election code shall include a report on the results of the 1% manual tally of the certification of the official canvas. But this report, it says it shall identify any discrepancies between the machine count and the manual tally and the description of how each of these discrepancies was resolved. There was no, there was no discrepancies on that report. We told you this back in December. In resolving a discrepancy involving a vote recorded by means of a punch card voting system or electronic or electromechanical vote tabulation devices, the voter verified paper audit trail shall govern if there's a discrepancy between it. So the 1% manual tally report prepared by Mr. Dupuis identified no discrepancies between the machine count and the manual tally. The ranked choice voting ballots with problems repeatedly passed through the manual tally with no discrepancies detected. Yet during the court order review of those approximately 235 ballots, those three ballots counted differently. So there were really discrepancies. The real scandal here is that the illegally mandated 1% manual tally is a farce in Alameda County. Hi, John. You're on the line. We're on item 37.3. John, you're still on mute. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate the uh, the talk about uh, making a commission and an oversight committee, but and the pressure to put to do with elections. I'm sure it's great, and I, my personal experience in many many years is I worked in the you know manufacturing area. Well, in the pressure to ship product was always very high because people had to make their make their numbers. For the quarterly uh, reporting to you know to their shareholders, it was really very high. But if there were problems, or there was only one one uh, department, the quality assurance department, that would step in, and everybody's screaming, "We got to ship! We got to ship! We got to make the numbers!" But the quality people go, "Well, you're going to ship this product, and so you don't have time to do it." right the first time but you do have time to do it twice because that stuff will come back at you and you will have to do it again so i realize that there's a lot of pressure to get the 2024 stuff going but it's got to be done right and it's got to be you know it's or else you're just going to have people yelling and screaming and you're going to have to do it again so it's, I realize it's a pressure, but you got to get it right. And you got to have transparency. You've got to get, there are people who are overseeing and have been complaining about the processes, processes being hidden from the public. You can't see certain things like even the ballots being come in, you know, through the mail or from the, you can't even see that. They won't even show it to you. What about all those ballots? So this has got to be done right, not done sloppily. Hi, Mindy. You're on the line. We're on item 
Yes. Hello. Um, I want to address, I do support what um, President Miley said about having a commission that, you know, actually uh, the board selects is much more defined than what Mr. Dupuy has said earlier. And I was an observer at the um, the uh, recent school board uh, uh, process. And I just want to say the following. California Secretary of State Shirley Weber deserves blame, too, because she repeatedly refuses to exercise her authority under government code section 12172.5 and enforce California election law in Alameda County. In testimony given to the Board of Supervisors in December by Mr. Dupuy, he stated that his opinion there needs to be a stronger guidance in the code for logic and accuracy testing. However, when Mr. Dupuy was challenged by a grand jurist on October 27th, 2022, about additional testing scenarios such as mistakes and, and RCV, Mr. Dupuy stated at that time that the law doesn't call for it. Why didn't Mr. Dupuy test mismarks and RCVs in, if these are standards for the logic and accuracy testing of the machine calculations? He stated in previous testimony that the reason for purchasing Dominion was because this machine was the only machine that had the RCV feature. So why not test this in the logic and accuracy testing period before the election? And as the previous caller said, you know, if we're going to do 2024 right, we have to get this right. Because I don't trust that if this is let go, that there be any better results in the 2024 election unless we clean up the process. And I do hold both Secretary Weber and, as I've said before, Mr. Dupuy should really be uh, removed from this position in the ROV. Thank you very much. How many more speakers are there? Four? Okay. Um I'm going to give the, the remaining four speakers a minute. I'm so, I apologize for that, but Supervisor Halbert's going to leave in about 10 minutes, and I want to have enough time for the registrar voters to respond and for us to wrap this item up. Uh, because once Supervisor Halbert leaves, I don't have a quorum, and the board meeting will have to end. So I need to, I apologize once again, we only have three supervisors here today. So if the final four speakers, one minute apiece. Cindy, you're on the line. Thank you, Cindy Rocha, San Leandro. The public is calling for the Board of Supervisors very simply to compel Mr. Dupuy as the ROB to enforce elections code 15303. It states if the returns from any precinct or vote center are, not, are, are, are defective in any way, he may issue and serve subpoenas requiring members of the precinct board or dominion, any of the workers to be subpoenaed and to, to, to answer questions. And he need, they need to appear and be examined under oath concerning the manner in which votes were counted and the result of the count in, in their precinct or vote center. This is an example of not only the election being not properly authenticated and effective, but now the 1% manual tally is called into question. There needs to be a formal inquiry into why the manual tally failed to detect the problem with the three ballots that we have, we continue to bring to your attention. Thank you. Hi, Wendy, you're on the line. Yes, I want to know who controls the algorithm and who controls the centralized voting system. 
because, you know, um, centralizing credit in the hands of uh, states uh, by the means of centralized means of communication and transportation in the hands of the state, you know, abol uh, ab abolition of private properties, ab a heavy tax, pro uh, progressive and uh, graduated income tax, all these stuff are actually part of the communist manifesto and 45 communist goals. I want to know who controls the algorithm. Just like you know, Tim Dupree said, who has the authority? I'm not able to find it. You know, uh, wrong choice algorithm. So who decides the algorithm? Right now, the public have no trust and confidence in this administration at all. I don't know how you guys gonna get the confidence back. And you know what? Our sacred uh, votes it's are not ice cream choices. Thank you. Hi, Jason. You're on the line. Uh, good. Uh, good afternoon. This is Jason Bezes for the uh, attorney for the Alameda County Taxpayers Association, and I want to. I think you need to ask Mr. Dupuy directly. So again, the one percent manual tally. There is these two hundred thirty-five suspended ballots. It's a one percent. So, so the chances, uh, the three ballots were picked up in the one percent manual tally. The one percent manual tally is supposed to be kind of like a watchdog function. Why didn't the watchdog bark? Why, why, why did those three ballots get through the one percent manual tally in November without anyone noticing the problem? So this entire excuse that the tabulation system wasn't properly configured that doesn't explain that defect. So Mr. Dupuy needs to answer that. And also he does have the power and he should be compelled under elections codes 15303 and 15304 to get to the bottom of why the defects put people under oath is required. And the board should ask him about that, why he hasn't done that. Hi, Ned, you're on the line. Yes. Hello. My name is Ned Nergi. I'm with the Election Integrity Committee of Alameda County. We don't need to rush off into 2024 until we've straightened out 2022. I appreciate the pressure that he's under uh, with getting that election right. Not a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance to get it right when you've got 22 all screwed up. I might say that the errors, um, while they're appearing increasingly from election cycle to election cycle, do go back to the 2010 ranked choice voting and the 2016 California Voters Choice Act. To clean this mess up and have an honest, fair believed to be true election, those acts must be uh, nullified. Thank you. All right, I wanna thank this, the public speakers today. Sorry we had to cut you short. Um, Mr. Dupuy, you've heard a lot of um, questions raised by the public. I don't think, I don't think we will have just, justice will be served by you trying to respond to that today. I think Supervisor Carson asked that this be an ongoing update. So can you bring back responses to what you've heard today to our meeting next Tuesday? I will. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because there's a lot that was put out here. And like I said, I don't think trying to have you respond in the short period of time we have would be appropriate. So 
if you can work with county council, county administrator, and bring back responses, that'd be helpful. So thank you. And right. then the, one other thing, I just want to add, uh, the, uh, on your list of items, uh, I also think it's important that we do an independent analysis of ranked choice voting. Okay. You know, the, the, the elections. Um, okay. Yeah. So got a lot there. So we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank All you. All right. Thank you, Supervisor. Okay. Okay. So let's see here. Um, we're not going to be able to get to our other informational items today, uh, which are extremely important. The EMS um, 911 ambulance um, request for proposal, which is extremely important, an update on that, as well as an update on um, the facilities assessment, particularly relates to uh, Glenn Dyer. Uh, I apologize. We're not going to be able to get to that today. Hopefully, next Tuesday, I'll I'll have enough supervisors that we'll have a quorum that we can go as long as we need to go, plus um, cover the four-fifths items we weren't able to get to today. So I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll I think we're going to adjourn it's in the memory. Point of order. Oh. Yes. Um, as you know, we need to take public input on items not on the yes. agenda. So if we can't yes. do that today, we'll need to continue this meeting. Um to the next meeting date so that we can take public input on items not on the agenda for this meeting. Okay. So I'm, can I adjourn in the memory of someone and then have public comment? Yes. Okay. All right. So I want to got information to, to adjourn in the memory. It's with great sadness that I inform you that Andre uh, Norwood, uh, janitor, Flores uh, specialist passed away on March 2nd, 2023. Andre worked for the County of Alameda since 2006. He performed janitorial services and maintained floors throughout several county facilities. Andre will be remembered as a dedicated and committed employee of the county's uh, general services agency. So we have uh, condolences to his family on his passing. Um, just seems like we continue to have a, a lot of folks leaving us, um, which is so so sad to to to, to hear. Um, we were going to go back in closed session, but we're going to have time to go in closed session. So the issue uh, that we were going to take up with uh, um, personnel, we'll have to put that over. So what I'd like to do now, in the time remaining, is see if we can have public comment on non-agenda items. I think Supervisor Howard will. We'll be here until about 10.10. So do we have any public comment on non-agenda items for today? In the room, we have um, Simeo, Rami, or Rami. Yeah. One minute. Good afternoon, Alameda County. It's a sad day that we have to live this way. And it's very sad to see poor people crying out on the street, eating out of garbage cans, because these people can't get no food. A hamburger costs you $10 now. 
a poor person can own the environment. So they're eating out of garbage cans downtown. They rob, they go in buildings, they, they struggling because they've been thrown out in the street. These are millions of disabled people. They need help. I'm here to do that. That's what I'm going to keep coming until I get it done. But the point of view, the, the mission never did it. Because that's government funded. It's never the street. They spend those out of the building now because they won't be repairs on the building. I guess some, we'd have three other buildings like that. You don't do repairs, so we'd be come back homeless. It's wrong. It's not their fault. It's the people's problem. It's probably fine. Do right by the people. Okay? And I'm ready. Seriously, I'm ready. I'm ready to get this done. Y'all said resident come out to help her. I'm ready to help her. I've been doing this 35 years in this city. I haven't got a dime from doing it. I've been doing it from the heart of God. I got the Alameda County JBO. I have to bread doing it, helping them, turn down the food stamp when they come uh, for one side, cutting wood and get food stamp. Come on now. That's slavery. Yeah. I have stopped all this. Thank, thank you for your comments. So I'm ready. Yeah. So, uh, Andrea, have we, somebody from your staff working with this gentleman? Is someone from your staff working with this gentleman? Either your staff or Office of Homeless Care Coordination, or if we could you know, find out how we can help assist him, it'd be helpful. Next, can we have our next speakers? Hi, Luke, you're on the line. Awesome, thank you, guys. My name is Luke Scamlin. I'm a I'm a student at Berkeley right now, um, and I'm on a, I'm on a consulting team uh, for an organization called Bay Area Freedom Collective, and they're a nonprofit um, doing reentry services as well as transitional housing. Um, and I, I just have a brief question um, that's primarily focused on funding. Um, we're, we're looking to just increase and give recommendations on some funding strategies for this organization. Um, and I'm wondering if the reentry grant program for Alameda County, uh, specifically targeting like AB 109 funding, will be uh, reopening this year or if there are other opportunities um, potentially. I figured it would just be helpful to ask uh, over this line uh, so I could get kind of just direct feedback um, of where you guys think that like I could go. Okay, if you would contact Daryl Stewart in my office, maybe we can give you a response. Daryl Stewart in my supervisor Miley's office. Next speaker. Okay. Jason, you're on the line. Good, good, good afternoon again. This is Jason Bezes for the Alameda County Taxpayers Association. And uh, the ACTA would uh, like, this is concerning the appointment, the application process for the vacancy uh, in uh, District 2. And ACTA's requesting and has a public records request in right now dated March 2nd, that the legal qualifications and legal requirements for that position of District 2 supervisor that they be public, that they be made publicly available now as soon as possible before the application period closes on March 14th, because your board is going to be evaluating whether candidates meet those legal requirements and legal qualifications. And it's important that people know now during the application process what those legal qualifications and legal requirements are. And so ACTA requests that that, that information be published, publicized, as soon as possible. Thank you. Wendy, you're on the line. Yes. Yes. I like to say that, you know, for the for for the last three years, okay, it's the policies, okay, the policies of, of the COVID policy and these tyrannical policies and the abuse uh, as a result of these policies that 
impacted more people, especially the minorities and even the homeless, even the uh, the women's that you know small business owners that uh, that you know these leaders swore to help. Okay, you have putting more people it basically it in poverty instead of moving them out of uh, uh, poverty. I just want to know that anyone here asking, asking, to, uh, coming to you, asking for more, more taxpayers' funds, I have to understand that these are taxpayers' hard-earned money. You know, Americans are suffering more than $1 trillion, about $1 trillion in credit card debt. So I just want you to understand that anybody coming to you for public money, tell them to go to private and get donations for help. Thank you. There are no other speakers. All right. I want to thank the public speakers. And we have one other person we want to adjourn in memory of, Supervisor Tan. Uh, thank you, President Miley. Um, on Saturday, March 4th, uh, we lost Judy Hyman. She was widely regarded as the mother of the disabilities rights movement, and she passed away in Washington, D.C. She was um, the founder, helped found the Berkeley Center for Independent Living and the World Institute on Disability. She also served on the boards of the American Association of People with Disabilities, the Disability Rights Education and Defense Fund, Humanity and Inclusion, the Human Rights Watch, the United States International Council on Disability, Save the Children, and several others. In 1993, uh, Judy moved to Washington, D.C. to serve as the Assistant Secretary of the Office of Special Education and Rehabilitation Services in the Clinton administration, a role that she has filled until 2001. Our condolences go out to all who are mourning Judy's passing, most especially to her husband, George, and we will miss you, and may you rest in power and in peace. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay, so the Board of Supervisors meeting for March the 7th, 2023 is adjourned. Recording stopped.